You're listening to Beyond Her Grind, the podcast that gets at the root of what motivates women of color to want more in their careers. I'm your host, Esther Leonard, a career development professional, aspiring entrepreneur, and fellow grinder. Stay updated with weekly episodes by subscribing to this podcast, and be sure to follow me on Instagram at Beyond Her Grind. And check out my website at beyondhergrind.com. Let's get to the root of it. Y'all, how are y'all feeling today? Are you feeling a little tired, exhausted, unfocused, tired? Did I say that already? Okay. Okay, let's do this. I'm going to need you to just stop. Yep, I said it. Stop. And take a deep breath with me. Breathe in. That felt good. I know I needed that. You probably needed that as well. I just launched Beyond Her Grind last week and I'm spent. I'm gonna keep it real with you. That's what this podcast is about. And there is a lot of work behind the scenes of this podcast and on social media. And it's so easy for me to get burnt out. Like I put a lot of work into this, right? There's editing involved. There's not only editing audio, but editing the podcast description, the words, the graphics. I am so grateful for my sister, Hannah, who has been helping me thus far for the last few months, actually since the summer under Esther, the career coach, and now with Beyond Her Grind. So I'm super grateful for her. But it's it's a lot of work. And that on top of Y'all already know school, work, and all the million things I do, uh, I I get burnt out. So I knew I wanted to do an episode on this. And um, in this episode, I'm really going to talk about burnout, right? Whether if it's with your career, your job, search, academics, or business pursuits. I'm going to talk a little bit about my own personal experiences some symptoms of it, and then what we can do about that. And of course, I'm going to use articles like I always do to teach you all some tools to to deal with burnout. But before I dive into that, I want to take the time to thank you all for making this launch so successful. I am averaging about 20 to 25 listens per episode For the Welcome to Beyond Her Grind and the Vision Party episode, I'm recording this on Sunday, so you all will hear this on Wednesday, and it's not even a week yet, and I'm at that number, and which is good. I want to keep the momentum. Usually, the listens will go down per episode, but I'm hoping to kind of keep around 20 to 30 uh, per week for a month. My goal is to have an average listen of about 124 listens or downloads per episode within a month time frame. So that will make me within the top 50% of podcasts. So 
this sounds like a small number like what 124 listens like maybe if you're comparing it to lights but 124 listens within a whole month per episode not for the whole podcast but per episode so that's my goal and uh if you have enjoyed the last two episodes and if you enjoyed this episode please share continue to like support comment engage write a review on iTunes or on Spotify. I really appreciate it. But the success that I've had so far, it's all because of you all. And I really, really, really thank you all. Okay. Burnout. So when I was relaunching this podcast, I did a survey to collect info about what my target listeners are going through and what they want to talk about. And a common theme was burnout. That is why that language, career burnout, you all probably would see is in some of my descriptions and marketing materials. So I use some of that language, which isn't surprising. The average age of the survey respondents were um, is 31. And, uh, you know, 31 is a millennial. We're we're millennials. (laughs) And. According to The Cut, an an online magazine, millennials are the so-called burnout generation. We are obsessed with our jobs, work more hours for less pay than previous generations, and exhibit more work stress than any other group of Americans. It goes on to quote from someone and it said that burnout and the behaviors and weight that accompany it aren't, in fact, something we can cure by going on vacation, right? I think on social media, we love seeing that, particularly with millennials. Oh, this person is going here. I mean, I know we're in a pandemic. Even during the pandemic, people have been showing where they've been going. And I think that's kind of part of our, our culture of this vacation, but this burnout can't be cured by that. Uh, and it also was saying that it's not limited to workers in acutely high stress environments and it's not a temporary affliction. It's the millennial condition. And it's interesting as I was reading like a few different articles as I was preparing for this podcast, I didn't use the article. I probably uh, should, should have quoted, but one of the articles was mentioning, oh, actually I think it was called, um, I am going to quote from it, ask a career career expert was mentioning how um, they've noticed burnout after like, you know, 20, 25 years of being in a, a career or a job. And, but now with our culture, burnout is happening so much quicker. That's for the listeners here. You are not alone, right? In addition to that, most of my listeners are women of color, particularly mostly black women. And then I have a um, smaller portion of Latinas uh, who listen. And I do have some, actually a third of my listeners are men. There are some men out here who are burnt out. Yeah, definitely burnt out. But the majority of my listeners are women, women of color, black and brown. And they are especially burnt out. And especially during this pandemic, as many women of color have been negatively impacted by the loss of jobs, and many women are in roles, particularly because black and brown women 
tend to hold the um, positions that are direct service or retail like. Um, and so they were impacted by loss of jobs and other um, factors as well. In fact, from that article that I was talking about the cut, it mentioned that women are more likely to experience burnout from work than men because they have less authority in the workplace. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about this feeling of like lack of control and how that contributes to burnout. And black women uh, specifically experience what's called accelerated bio biological aging, which is a result of prolonged stress. Like the kind that's brought on by, you know, poverty or trying to prove one's worth in, in the workplace or microaggressions or lack of opportunities or the pressure to constantly be on, right? You know, we know code switching and that moving from like a, a way of moving around the environment in one capacity, whether if it's in our Zoom meetings or when we turn off the Zoom camera or if we are in the office or whatever, our workplace, turning that off, that's stressful. And then, of course, throwing throw in that long hours, Slack messages or your team's messages, those platforms to, to always stay engaged. Those are so stressful. I'm going to be honest with you. Like every time I get an invite at work, like what? there's another way to connect. I mean, like I get connection, right? Your emails and I understand like the, sometimes you need some quick, quick messages, but I'm like, how many of these do I need and it, it kind of creates this pressure of like being on you know this culture that prioritizes go 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 and burnout it becomes unavoidable um, according to someone um, to uh, Brittany Daniel who, who wrote for Zora, Zora the pressure is on and it's wearing many of us down yeah so yes <laughs> I feel that that go, 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 that's part of our culture. And not only, I know this is talking a lot about careers, but it, for many of us who are entrepreneurs, I was just telling you about the work that goes behind this podcast, or I also coach and do career development type work as well outside of my nine to five. I've sort of bought in to this culture, to this grind. And that's why I, I, my goal is to ultimately move beyond this grind because the grind can burn you out. <laughs> and we don't want that anymore. That's our goal. And then again, back to what I was talking about, the work that we do, particularly black and brown women. Uh, I was reading an article with on ABC News and it talked about specifically like Latinas, like other racial and ethnic minorities have been disproportionately affected by COVID-19. I can go into the statistics about, you know, how many times more likely um, we're, we're, how many times more likely uh, we would be diagnosed with the virus or be hospitalized and, and it's tragic. However, I really want to go into like the toll is not just physical. And in this particular article for ABC News, I was talking about the Latino population and it was saying that um, Hispanics reported more symptoms of anxiety, depressive disorder, suicidal ideation, and increased substance abuse to cope with their pandemic-related stress. And guess what? These symptoms were more prevalent among essential workers, unpaid caregivers for adults, and those with pre-existing mental health conditions. So again, those essential workers, the caregivers, 
um, those who who are in roles that that are draining, to be honest. And um, it it also goes on to talk about how uh, to give an example of a, a unit, and they were talking about some of their staff, right? Their frontline workers of, at ICUs where COVID nineteen patients are being treated or being treated and that the staff that she was talking to like seemed sort of in this like disillusionment illusionment phase where they're really tired, really exhausted, just uncertain. They're not getting their normal breaks. They're not getting that, that, that summer travel. I know I mentioned vacation, but they're not getting that. And all of that is added to that sense of, of burnout. In that article, it was talking about, uh, Another thing that's adding to this is specifically Latino health providers or immigrant health providers who can like translate. They're also playing playing the role of being patients advocates. So helping to translate and explain things to family members, having, um, you know, to do all that, that's, that's an added stress. Let's, let's dive in into what burnout is because we say burnout but what are the symptoms of them right so like let me ask y'all a few questions how are you feeling (laughs) for those of you all who are feeling burned out or have had experiences of being burnt out are you feeling excessive stress specifically uh do you Feel some fatigue, right? Lack energy to be consistently productive. Do you have to drag yourself to work and have trouble getting started? Like, uh, that dread. <laughs> How's your sleep patterns, right? Are you getting insomnia? Um, having trouble sleeping. Um, how are you emotionally, right? In terms of your sadness and anger or irritable. Specifically, have you become cynical at work? Are you easily impatient by your coworkers or clients or new projects coming on? Like, I know for me, um, during my nine to five, like there's been a lot of pressure on the career development office to to provide great programming for our students and alumni who've been negatively impacted by the pandemic. Right? You know, these students are paying all this money to go to school, and you know. They want jobs <laughs> or their parents are paying for it. And so there's been some pressure. So that new project, like, oh, we should do this. Like, yeah, that's exciting. Like, that's a great idea, but we're tired. <laughs> like, we're adding another project. I know people feel that, you know, I'm just being 100% real. Are you feeling that way? Are you f- having a feeling of like a lack of satisfaction from your achievements? So specifically... Are you um, doing great work, but it feels like nothing, right? So those are symptoms. Or are you drinking a little bit more, you know, adding a few extra glasses of wine every night before you go to sleep or eating more to feel better or not feel? Are you having certain pains in your body, like headaches, those types of stuff, bowel problems? I, last year when this pandemic started, well, at the end of 2019, I started getting anal pain. <laughs> bow, I was having bowel issues. It was so 
painful for me to have a bowel movement. And it was triggered originally at the end of 2019. I had started school, my MBA program that year. Uh, and I was just busy, right? I was busy. I wasn't exercising as much. I wasn't eating well. So that impacted, right? That made me constipated. I was having bigger bowels and and y'all, I'm y'all are getting to know me. <laughs> Who would have thought? Like on this podcast, you will be talking about the host uh, bowels, what she does in the bathroom. But we all do it. But anyways, I was having this issue. Went to the doctor. They advised me to exercise and you know eat better and drink water. So I started doing that. I started working with a personal trainer. Then boom, the pandemic hit. Literally. The moment the pandemic hit, the pain, I was having pain and butt, right? And it started like in the end of March, early April, and I literally did not have a painless bowel movement until like, honestly, about a month ago. Um, and I finally went back because, you know, I thought it was going to go over time. I was like, okay, let me try to eat better. Let me do this. And. So I went back to the doctor and they mentioned, of course, stress. <laughs> stress can sort of induce this in a sense. And I had to make little changes here and there. And um, I was working out. So I got some medication and started working out like in end of November, this past December. I mean, well, I was already working out. In September, I started working out three times a day. Um, And then I kind of increased that over January about four times a day. And now I'm I'm including some walking. But one of the things I also started doing very regularly, I love to meditate, but I started doing some more meditations, like consistently almost every day um about probably maybe about two months ago and I think that and the walking and getting fresh air every day has really helped me um and I'll talk a little bit more about how do you take action about burnout um but I just wanted to share that as an example of like if you're having issues like that it might be due to all the stress that's going on in your life not even and this is just career or business or school like burnout not even the stress that just comes from being a human and living with people or being a parent or whatever it may be. So the symptoms that I was talking about are very common symptoms according to Mayo, the Mayo Clinic. And that's where I got the information. And specifically how it's defined is a state of physical or emotional exhaustion that also involves a sense of reduced accomplishment and loss of personal identity. And research shows that many people who experience symptoms of job or career burnout don't believe it's their jobs that's the main cause that's interesting to hear um but it may be you know um be that but they said behind the burnout is some form of like depression or anxiety as well so i think a lot of people are are feeling like this that loss of personal identity when you're really at that stage in career burnout where nothing is exciting you and all that stress has infiltrated into your life. So what are some of the causes of uh, career burnout? And there are a few things. 
lack of control. So I mentioned that earlier when I was talking about the cut, you know, if they were talking about how women in the workplace lack authority, tend to traditionally lack authority, and that can contribute to burnout. So lack of control and inability to influence your decisions um, that affect your job, like schedule, assignments, workload, could lead to job burnout. So you may have a lack of resources. So really think about your job and think, okay, what's around me? What support systems do I have? Um, Unclear job expectations. Oh my gosh, that is so stressful when you have a supervisor or you work at a place where you're just unclear about what's expected of you or what you need to do. Um, So it it makes, I think it also kind of creates this feeling of imposter syndrome, right? Particularly if you're not sure. And I've seen this too with clients where they're like, oh, I'm doing good work, I think, but you don't, you don't really know. What are you basing that on? Dysfunctional workplace dynamics, y'all. A boss that micromanages your work or that uh, there's an office bully or if it's just a toxic work environment. I know I've experienced that. It's not a good feeling <laughs> at all uh, to be in a toxic work environment. It stresses you out. You're talking about it all the time and you are losing sleep. A lack of social support. So, And I think this is probably big right now with this pandemic, particularly with people who are just starting their jobs and they're starting remotely, like, you know, feeling isolated at work because people develop relationships at work, right? And so if you, whether if you are in person and you just can't find a community there, you know, even if that's important to you, that's really hard. And then work-life imbalance, right? You are putting so much work into your work that it's bleeding into your 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 life with your family, your friends, or the things you like to do on your own, uh, that causes career burnout. Um, the article also was talking about how um, you're more likely to experience this if you really identify with your work. Like, so some people who are like, for example, social activists who are like, always on the ground working with communities and then also feel like are so tied to the impact that they have or making societal change like that's draining or if you're doing like you're in a helping profession like healthcare or teaching and you and you see the detriments of society like that gives you emotional stress (laughs) in addition to the work stress that you're having if you have a a personality where you're like you have to be everything to everyone right or you can't say no like that may cause you to burn out or may cause you to have burnout if you do a lot of overtime work and in addition to that if you are uh your work is metonymous right are you doing the same thing every day and you don't feel fulfillment in that role so those are some things um so how do we even get to that stage, right? Does it is it that you're in the wrong job? Because sometimes there are jobs that you really, really like, or they're great jobs, but they're high stress jobs, right? And perhaps people can get burnout from that. I think you can. I think anytime you don't set boundaries for yourself, you can get burnout, right? Even if it's the best job, career, business pursuit in the world, right? Entrepreneurs work all the time, like 
People want to live that entrepreneurial life, have their own business. But at the beginning, you're doing a lot of work. And so you can definitely get burnout, even if you're doing something that you love. So really setting boundaries for yourself and and making time for self-care is key, right? But how do we start doing that? So um, I found this article on this website called thisiscalmer.com. And it broke it down to stages. And the first stage was a honeymoon stage. So when we undertake a new task, we are super excited. So we have this burst of energy. We have this burst of commitment. If it's a new job, I, I, I see this has happened to me when I'm in a new job. I'm so excited about something like, oh, yeah, I'll do this. I'll, oh, we're missing this. Like, are we doing something for diversity and inclusion? Um, let me start this committee. Let me do this project. Let me do that. Right? We have this excitement. And it's funny. <laughs> When you, you know, been there for a year or two and you're like, okay, I'm kind of doing a lie. Am I getting paid for this work? And then a new person comes up and they have all these ideas and you're like, okay, wait, wait, give, give this person a few months. <laughs> um, but it's actually the first phase of burnout because you are going to start be, um, experiencing some of those predictive stresses of that initiatives, those initiatives you're undertaking quick tip, if you see yourself at this stage, right, and maybe you kind of have burnout, like already, like you're burnt out, but there's this new initiative that you're still excited about, be careful, right? Reflect on the past and start thinking about coping strategies as you're kind of, you know, maintaining your well-being as you're going through your professional ventures. So, uh, at this stage, you know, it's basically job satisfaction, ex- really accepting a lot of responsibilities. So paying attention, how, what am I putting on to my plate or adding to my plate? Really high energy levels. I know for me, specifically with this podcast, I get so excited. And next thing you know, I'm like, ooh, two, three hours passed and I'm still working on this podcast. Like I'm editing or um, I'm researching new social marketing strategies and then it's two, three hours later and it's past my bedtime. And guess what? If it's past my bedtime, that means I'm getting less sleep. That means I'm going to be fatigued the next day. So after that, you know, you get the second stage, which is awareness of like some really rough days or busier days and you sense your optimism waning and and you notice things right maybe you're a little bit more anxious or irritable or you can't focus I know that's big for me like it gets to a point sometime where I'm like I can't really think (laughs) forgetfulness fatigue grinding your teeth a lot of people grind their teeth uh, headaches um, neglecting your own personal needs when you start like, oh, forgetting to eat lunch or not eating lunch or breakfast or now that we're in a pandemic, not taking time to go outside. According to Ask a Career Expert, when this happens, you really need to be proactive about these signs, right? Um, as soon as you notice potential burnout signs, the sooner you can fight them. So are your passion levels for anything going low? Or are they becoming non-existent? Are you starting to feel emotionally flat? You're putting a lot of hours, but your productivity is low, right? And meaning like you feel like you've been working, but you don't really have much to show, right? Or you don't think so. And, and that also could be a confidence thing. That could be another episode. People are draining you. 
<laughs> you just can't with people. Just can't. You're not laughing as much anymore, a little bit more cynical. I know I'm a very positive person, but I notice when I'm a little bit more cynical, when I'm a little bit more judgmental, when when those sort of characteristics start coming out in, in how I'm thinking or what I'm saying, I usually have to pause and think like, okay, what's going on? Rest doesn't seem to recharge you. That's interesting, right? And I, I kind of can understand what that 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 perspective in the sense that I know for me, sometimes I'm like, I want to rest, but then my mind is just moving so fast, right? Or I can't sit down. <laughs> and so really think about it. Like, are you valuing that rest time? Or is that rest time at a point like, oh my gosh, I feel like I need to do. Um, one thing that I haven't noticed yet when I was doing some of these articles, and I haven't read every article in the world, but these are things I've seen with people is like your own boundaries. Like I'm a person who doesn't like to do my nine to five work during the weekends or after nine to five. I noticed that there was some I was allowing some of that to happen when this pandemic started, but I stopped. I mean, now I am always quote unquote working <laughs> to a certain degree, but like on the weekends I'm doing my homework or I'm working on this podcast. Um, but like my Boston university work, I, I'm just not going to do it because that's going to stress me out. Um, cause I know that, that at least that doesn't work for me, but I know sometimes people are like, oh, let me do this. So I'll have quote unquote less work during the week. Whereas I'm just like, if it's not done, it's not done. Or if it's not like a super big event. After you can, you know, you start recognize this, the next step or the th or third stage is called chronic stress. That's the third stage. And so m there's a marked change in your stress level. So going from very being very motivated and uh, to experiencing stress in an in incredibly frequent frequent basis. So again, lack of hobbies, missed work deadlines, persistent tiredness in the morning, physical illness, procrastination, <laughs> uh, repeated lateness for work. So this sort of apathy, uh, resentfulness, that cynical attitude, um, feeling pressure. So some of the symptoms that I was mentioning at the beginning, right? Those, those symptoms. Then the fourth stage is actual burnout, right? In a sense that you're really feeling empty inside. And you know, one of the other common things that was in the survey was this feeling of not living their full potential. And I want to have a podcast on that topic as well. But I think that's also well, it, I think that's also a symptom of burnout in your role, right? If you're feeling like sort of this emptiness or at least slightly pessimistic out view, right? Outlook on, on work and life. Other things is obsession over problems. Are you obsessing a little bit more often? A, a desire to kind of step away from social activities. So that's chronic burnout. And then finally, habitual burnout. This means that the symptoms of burnout are so embedded in your life that you are likely to experience a significant ongoing mental, physical, or emotional problem as opposed to occasional 
occasionally experiencing stress or burnout. Wow. Habitual. So this is chronic sadness, chronic depression, uh, chronic mental fatigue, chronic physical fatigue. They don't give a, like a, a certain amount of time, like a time frame of when it's considered habitual burnout. I'm assuming it's like maybe a f- over a month or so or a few months. So, you know, if going back to what we were talking about earlier, it's like this go, go, go. That's habitual burnout. So if you're feeling exhausted all the time, like not getting a breather, not taking a breath like we did at the beginning of this podcast, you may be going through habitual burnout. So check yourself. <laughs> um, and and that's why you're so drained. And And I think habitual burnout can happen, like I was saying, not only in your careers, but with school. I hear this all the time with, with I know, at BU, one of the things we joke about, unfortunately, is midterm season. <laughs> you know, at some schools or sometimes like people would have or schools would just have a week of midterms at BU, there tends to be midterm season. And that's like starts at like the end of February to like the end of March. And students are so stressed out. I feel like that's a form of habitual burnout uh, for a lot of students. Or if you've been in school all your life, you know, from kindergarten all the way up to college, then grad school, then professional school, if you decide to become like a doctor or a lawyer, like that's a lot. Or you're getting your PhD, right? Like, have you had moments to breathe, right? Is this a part of your life, your, your being? Job search, depending how long your job search has been, you know, looking for a job is a job, right? Going online, building your network, improving your resume, and then also those other elements of burnout, like when you get the rejections, the anxiety you get when you're you're doing an interview or you have to negotiate your salary. If you're going through this process over a period of time or maybe underemployed for a period of time, that may lead to burnout in habitual burnout so how do we take action right that's the important piece and there are a few ways you can do that Um, so if you're at work you can talk to people if you feel comfortable and have a good relationship with your supervisor be honest and say no to things Um, work on compromises or solutions And then set goals. I think that's so important. What are your goals and what are your priorities, both short-term and long-term? Sometimes we're doing everything at the same time when we only really need to focus on a few things. One of the things I did because in my role, like I said, there's been some more pressure on career development. We've also been down in an executive director and um, our team's direct supervisor. We've been down two roles for over a year and um at the end of I remember December there was gonna be a new project and I was I straight up said like I do not want to be on that committee (laughs) like I'll support you know but I'm not gonna be on that committee and I I 
I do, I've done this too. And you get the recommendations like, you know, how do you promote yourself? How do you improve your resume? You know, take the initiative, join committees, work on projects. I'm like, yes, but sometimes to avoid burnout, you have to say no or let people before you're even invited tell people you don't want to be invited <laughs> and I'm really happy I did that because this semester has been stressful so that support that I was doing I felt that and I was already burnt out by a lot of other things I was doing in that role so that was a good move that I made um, get support you know talk about this with your co-workers your friends uh, your family and preaching to the choir you've heard it so many times and many people you all are in helping professions particularly those who are maybe in mental health they experience burnout self-care take some time to go for a walk um, exercise just relax take a bath right part of burnout is letting go of those like personal personal um needs right that that's whether if it's like eating your lunch or taking time to eat your lunch or your breakfast without looking at a screen or checking your email but like looking at the colors on your your plate and tasting it sleeping i notice a big difference when i'm getting getting my sleep like i'm happier i'm i'm a, i've always been a person who likes to who likes to go to sleep early but um uh, Lately, so partly is like my partner likes to go to sleep later, and so I started going to sleep later. And I'm so I he's he might be mad, I'm blaming it on him. <laughs> um, I shouldn't blame things on him, anyways. But uh, but we joke about that all the time, and I you know had to be mindful. I also, like I said, because of my podcast and the things I enjoy doing, started sleeping later, and so. I need to be mindful of that. So I'm I'm working on it. I've been um, good. And I think I still go to sleep early compared to a lot of people. I am still try to be in bed between 10 and 11 at night. Um, I used to, like, four years ago, I used to be in bed, like, by 9 and, like, out by 10. <laughs> um, I would love to get back to that because I like to wake up early. And then just being mindful, right? Like, breathing, being aware of what you're feeling and not ignoring. Remember I was telling you like noticing those signs early on. And then, you know, if push comes to shove, consider a job or career change. The specific job that you're in may be contributing to the burnout or the career you're in, right? Like I know we're all in a lot of helping professors professions that takes a lot from us it's very giving we're giving to people if if it's you can find something that still aligns with who you are your passions your interests your personality and is not as draining consider that right and of course you can work with a career coach to figure out the next step uh, it's i want to share this so on the article i was reading on Ask a Career Expert, the expert was talking about one of their clients and how the client said, it feels like I am living in a constant Game of Thrones episode. They were talking about their job. <laughs> so if that's the case, like, is that job worth it? <laughs> really think about, is that job worth it?
And really ask yourself, why? (laughs) What's the why? Again, this podcast is about what really motivates women of color to want more in their career. What's the why behind this grind? (laughs) Ask yourself that question to really help you determine if it's worth it. Um, Or if you're in a situation, again, if your business, you may feel like your business is worth it, but, you know, again, where, where can you have your rest days or your moments, rest moments during that time so that you're not, if you start feeling that burnout, if you are in a great career, delegate, (laughs) that's another thing that I wasn't really noticing, but Great careers can be stressful and you can still get elements of burnout or characteristics of burnout. Can you delegate to people, right? And accept the help. You do not have to do everything, right? What what are you letting go of? Last year, I decided to drop two out of the three classes that I was taking. And I really needed to do that because I could feel anxiety. Like when I had... I had registered for the classes in advance, but like a few days before that, I just started feeling so anxious. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do this to myself. And I was like, okay, spring semester, if I'm ready to take three classes, I'll do it. And spring semester, I'm only taking one class and I'm really happy. I'm only taking one class. The summer, I am not taking a class. Like I'm in a part-time program. They give us up to six years to finish. I did have a goal to finish within two years. And I I get it. I know people can do it. I've seen people do it. Know yourself. I just, that constant burnout for me is too stressful, you know? And I think there's power in admitting that. And yeah, I, I do not know who I was in spring 2020 taking three classes Plus starting a podcast and career coaching and having a nine to five. Like we are some superhumans. We really are. We could do a lot of amazing things. So yeah, I really hope that this has been insightful for you. I hope that as you listen to this, you know that you're not alone. You know, millennials are in this burnout generation. I hope that we move past that. Um, women, particularly women of color, are facing burnout. So you're not alone. I think the key thing is like recognizing it. And I think a lot of the women in the survey have recognized it. But the struggle is like, what do you do? And a lot of times we know what to do. We just kind of need some more guidance. And so that's where we're seeking support and let go. It's so hard to let go. It's so hard to let go. But I think that's the one of the biggest steps, let go, have the courage to say something um, and admit and just be vulnerable with your supervisor or your coworkers that you need help, right? And I'm, and I think also there's that other element of, well, they're feeling burnt out too, right? One of the things that we did uh, at BU on our team, we had a few wellness days and the wellness days were particularly for faculty and students and we're technically staff and we're like, we're burnt out, right? Like how can we, you know, have a wellness day where we technically still had to work, 
right? But how can we find balance? So what we just came to an agreement was on um, one of the wellness wellness days half of us will not be taking appointments so we'll be able to do our admin appointments because we also take student or alumni appointments in addition to like the projects that we do and so that gives us the freedom to not be in meetings all day or in appointments all day and and to sort of have time to rest you know so little things like that you know can make a difference in how you're feeling talk communicate, admit it, and delegate, and or leave, or stop, or take a break, you know? Even with our entrepreneur pursuits, sometimes even in that you need to stop because that allows you to be more creative. I know that happens to me sometimes where if I can't think or I want to do something with my business or have a new idea for a podcast episode, but I'm doing too much, I, I my mind is not working. It just won't work. The creative juices aren't flowing. So yeah, that's my advice. I hope that you all tune in to next week's episode. I think you all are going to enjoy it. We're actually going to be talking about how to, you know, have difficult conversations in the workplace as a woman of color. And I'm happy to say that we have this great guest. She is um, one of the CEOs of She Geeks Out. And uh, you'll learn a little bit more about that next week. Just a reminder, follow me on Instagram at beyondhergrind and check out my website at beyondhergrind.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform like iTunes or Spotify. I'd love to hear your feedback so that I can continue to produce more amazing content in the future. Thanks so much and talk to you all next week.